Brothers and sisters, would you bow before the Lord? Father, so grateful uh, for this worship team that led us into your holy presence, Lord. We don't take that for granted, Lord, and we don't ever want to become familiar with it. It's so awesome. It's so good, Lord. And you know that's what we need, Father. Lord, we came here with a twofold vision cry of our heart, Lord, that you might send a heaven-sent revival that would do such a powerful work in your church, Lord, that they would rise up to cleanse the land of child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood, Lord God. Father, here we are in your holy presence, Lord God. We consecrate this time. We consecrate all the proceedings, all the meetings. Father, to be your ambassadors and to secure your interests in the earth, O oh God. Here we are. Fill us, O oh God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Lord, send fresh fire Lord fresh oil fill our hearts oh God Lord let your word burn in our bosoms once again oh God Lord awaken your people Lord we have been slumbering a spell has been cast A stupor is amongst the people. Lord, we live in a time when good has become evil and evil has become good. Massive confusion tearing apart our young, oh God. Father, to say that we need you is the understatement of the entire history of the world. Father, we beseech you. Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus for a spirit of supplication, a spirit of grace. Lord, I ask for your holy finger to fall upon and raise up the intercessors, the prayer warriors. Father, in Jesus' name, God, when when Zion travails she brings forth her children I pray for a Holy Spirit tenacity a Holy Spirit determination a Holy Spirit backbone in your people a God fearing people who love their Lord and obey him is the people that can never be conquered. Ever. Lord Jesus, do it again. Do it again, God, we pray. 
And it's in Jesus' mighty name and all the saints said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to just uh, lay a foundation for my testimony tonight. I guess there were those that were interested, how did God save a wretch like me? It's a stormy tale. I can just tell you that. But before I do, Revelations chapter 12, starting in verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Everybody say war. You know that the Lord is a man of war, right? How many know that doesn't go over very well in most churches today? In fact, they want to remove the hymn, Onward, Christian Soldier. But there is a battle. There is a war. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought. Now that was in the heavenlies. War in the heavenlies. But they did not prevail, nor was any place found for them in heaven any longer. So... The great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old. And boy, is he a cunning, shrewd serpent. And by the way, the sovereign God says, Give this enemy no place and do not Be ignorant of his schemes nor his devices. He deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. And his angels, which became demons, were cast out with him. Picture, if you will, a massive, confrontation, conflict, a war in the heavens, the clashing of swords, and that enemy and his army is cast down to this earth. It came in the pages of this book, and it has ripped through this book till this day and this hour. There is a battle raging for the souls of men, the lives of children, and the future of Ireland. Make no mistake about it. And this guy is not playing religious games. He is serious. He is full of fury. And in the midst of that battle... Brothers, I am preaching. I was supposed to give my testimony. I need to. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand something. How many know that's a dark, bleak, tragic time when that war comes to this earth? It's a threatening time. It's a dangerous time. Now I want you to hear the Lord's word. Right? And so it says, 
When they're cast down to this earth, then I heard with a what? Loud voice. When God raises his voice, what does that mean? Like this is pretty important to him and he wants you to pay attention. And he's not hiding the fact that we're engaged in a war and engaged in a battle. But what he wants you to know, when it's, when it's at its furious peak, listen. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, everybody say, now. Now, now at the height of the battle, where it's most furious, God says, now. Salvation. And strength and the kingdom of our God and of the power of his Christ. Everybody say, have come. Say it, have come. Is that past, present, or future? When he says, now salvation. When he says, now the kingdom of God. Is that future or is it past? It has come. Would everybody agree with me that's the past? Would you all agree with me? Like grammar means something in the Bible? Have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. Everybody say it. Has been cast down. And how was this possible? Here's God's threefold plan for victory for you and I, church. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't know what church you're from. I don't know what your denomination is. I don't know what your Christian tradition here. But let me tell you something. If you're going to take on child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood, religion is not going to help you. Your denomination is not sufficient in this battle. The Bible says to overcome this evil one and understand this. Child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood is Satan's crown jewel. Whenever this monster, this beast, this serpent, dragon, whenever he raises his ugly head, he goes after the seed of man. It's throughout the scriptures. Don't you find it interesting? In both cases, the Old Testament and the New Testament, when God was raising up a deliverer for his people, what happened to babies? What happened to them? In the days of Moses, what happened to the children? Throw them into the Nile. Murder them. Thank God for the Hebrew midwives who feared God more than Pharaoh. And believe me, the day is now where we need to fear God more than Pharaoh. Why? Because the government has sanctioned the slaughter of children made in his image. What happened at the birth of Christ? What happened? What's a part of the Christmas story? 
It's a part of the Christmas story you don't want to talk much about. What happened to the little babies? Yes, they were. And if you go to Revelation chapter 12, understand this, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to share my testimony. I'm going to preach. The scripture says that this snake, this dragon, this serpent stood over the woman to do what? What was his purpose? The purpose was to devour the child when he was born. What did the enemy know that nobody else knew? This baby, this promised child, the, 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 the son that was given, the child that was to be born. What's so special about this baby? And the Bible tells us this is the child that will grow to get a rod in his hand to rule the nations. Remember the, what's the famous Christmas passage? Unto us, a child is born. A son is given. And his name shall be called what? Shout it out. What's his names? What are his names? He's got a lot of names and a lot of titles. He does. And then it says this. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And, you know, that that kind of puts a burden on us. But it really is not a burden. Because you know what? It's not on us. Because the Bible says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, he will perform this. And brothers and sisters, I'm just going to tell you, I don't care what denomination you name, what your Christian tradition is. If you are going to fight this battle, you must be washed in the blood. You must be born again. The spirit of the living God must dwell in you. If the spirit of God does not dwell in you, the Bible says you are none of his. And I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care how many good works you do. I don't care how many times you've been baptized. I don't care how many Christian traditions you hold to. We must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. We've got to be washed in the blood. Brothers and sisters, if you're not saved and you're taking on child sacrifice, you're already a casualty. You, 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 you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Do you think, you think the, that religion is going to stop the devil? How many religions in the world? And yet this enemy who has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. Can religion stop him? Or can I Our king, 
and his kingdom stop him. Well, how do you get into this kingdom? It's not by joining a church. It's not by joining a denomination. It's not by doing good works. It's not by being baptized. It is being born from above. When they said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? He said, repent. Like, turn from your wicked ways. The Bible says, he who calls upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Understand, no church, no pastor, no priest, no person can save you. No good work can save you. There's only one person who can save you. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And you must be washed in his blood. Because once you are saved, then you have access to the full armor of God. And then you can unsheathe that sword of the spirit and take that snake on and take him down and crush his head. Understand that. We, we think just that in Genesis 3.15 that the Lord crushed his head. And he did. Amen? He did. But do you know? In the book of Romans, it says the God of peace, listen to me, the God of peace shall shortly bruise him under your feet. Jesus said, I've given you all authority and all power over the evil one. And you're going to tread down scorpions and serpents. And understand these scorpions and serpents have invaded Ireland again. And it's through a wicked government with unjust laws that are sanctioning evil. The enemy has found an opening in in Ireland to kill, to steal, to destroy. Church, you are God's people. You are anointed by his word and his spirit. But you have to engage. Brothers and sisters, we cannot go to churches And sing songs to Jesus while your nation's going to hell in a hat basket. That ain't going to cut it. Listen, understand, like in America, we are very religious people. We, We have Christian churches on almost every block of the United States of America. Religion is up, morality is down. Brothers and sisters, we are involved in a war. In a real battle with real casualties. And what did our Lord do for us? He saved us. He rescued us from enemies that we were helpless and hopeless to defeat. So when the scripture says in Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those unjustly sentenced to death. Don't stand back and watch them die. For God, who knows all hearts, knows yours, and he knows that you knew. Let me ask you something. Is rescue those unjustly sentenced to death, is that a suggestion by God? Or is that a command? Do you you know what the church does a lot, brothers and sisters? 
And believe me, I'm praying and I want you guys to pray. But do you know sometimes the church can use prayer as an excuse not to obey God? You know that can happen, right? Like, there there were times, like when Moses is coming to the Red Sea, and of course, he's crying out to God. They're surrounded. The people are complaining. And he's crying out to God. And God basically told him, Moses, shut up. Shut up. Take that rod. Do it. Right? There's, there are actually times where God said, don't pray to me. Don't pray to me. Obey what I've commanded you to do. Brothers and sisters, we cannot spiritualize our disobedience. And so many do. So many do. And then we wonder why we're weak and impotent when it comes to evil that is sent to savage our nation and our people. Brothers and sisters, the greater one dwells in you. He truly does. Do you know you have a lion that's living on the inside of you? Seriously, do you know that? You know, somebody said about a lion, you don't have to teach him what to do. You just got to let him out of the cage. In America, you know what we've done with the lion of the tribe of Judah? Judah. (laughs) Judah. We pulled out his teeth and we took away his claws. So now we got a, like a, What's those animals that you put the fluff in? It's not a teddy bear, was it? Yeah, we got a stuffed animal, Lion of Judah. He's very cuddly, and he's very safe. Oh, very effeminate. Very effeminate. But brothers and sisters, you, you got the true lion on the inside of you. And that lion, he loves those babies. He hates injustice. He hates to see what man is doing to his children made in his image. And he doesn't want us to turn a blind eye. He doesn't want us to turn a deaf ear. That lion needs to war. That lion needs to roar again. There's an injustice happening. Amen? And this is a national sin. It's no longer an individual sin. They took that away when they legalized child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood. You must understand that. Before, it was the individual who was guilty. But now they have nationalized this abomination. And guess what that means? We're all guilty. They have brought upon us innocent blood. Okay? And what God wants you to do, brothers and sisters, is to once again, remember Shakespeare? Once more to the breach. Once more. To the breach. In Ezekiel chapter 22. And I'll conclude with this. 
In Ezekiel chapter 22, Israel was in a mess. The civil leaders, the prophets, the priests, the culture, the citizens of the land had just massively corrupted themselves. They were in danger of God judging them, bringing upon their heads the abominations that they had committed. Please listen, brothers and sisters. It was at that point that God was looking for someone. He was looking for something. What was he looking for? Was that it? Yeah. He was looking for those who would stand in the gap, who would make up the hedge, Because God's heart, he doesn't want to judge us. He says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen? He's looking for someone to stand in the gap. He's looking for someone to make up the hedge. He's looking for someone to intervene, to interpose, to intercede. And he said, if I find that someone, I'm going to spare the nation. Remember Abraham and his dealings with with God over Sodom? Remember? This is just the guy. He's a human being with a feet of clay. He's, He's making deals. He's negotiating with God. If you find 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, unfortunately, he couldn't find 10. But you go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 5, verse 1. He says, give me one man. Give me one man who understands. One man who knows justice. Give me that one man and I will spare the city. I will spare the city. And I'm just saying to you, brothers and sisters, our time right now as we're seeking God, I want you to give your lives to God in such a way that when he sees you, when he sees what you're thinking, what you're believing, how you're acting, that it It's going to inspire him to show mercy to Ireland. you got to give God a reason to show mercy to your nation. And how does that come, pray tell? Do justly. Amen and amen. God bless you.